Hi, Mama. Welcome to Good Morning Grief Podcast. I am your host and bereaved mama, Summer Ray, and this is a podcast for mamas, about mamas, and dedicated to mamas who have lost a child. Hey, Mama. Welcome to Good Morning Grief Podcast. This is your host, Summer Ray, and you are listening to episode four. In today's podcast, we are going to talk about continuing bonds and really trying to create a space um, to allow us to basically attach and reattach to our beloved beyond the grave. And here's the truth. In today's death-denying culture, it is a common practice to encourage the bereave to sever the bonds, to move on, grieve for two years max, but at some point, you got to put that shit away. And I can attest to this. I have sat on many, many couches in many therapist offices where when I pour my heart out, tell them the story of Kelsey, going to them, seeking a reprieve, and then having the counselor, therapist, psychiatrist, psychologist tell me you have to find a way to move on. Hmm. Well, I'm going to tell you how I'm going to move on. I'm going to move on right up out of this office because with that one sentence, I know full well you will not serve me. Um, obviously I'm a grieving mother, but I've also been in a room full of grieving mothers. I've listened to their cries, heard their joy, experienced their story, and I am in and out of online grief groups. And let me say, there is one thing that is true about the way we grieve. Grief is a mapping of the pieces of a description onto your journey and an explanation becomes acceptable to the bereaved to the degree at which your heart will allow. If you find a piece that is self-evident, then the explanation is satisfactory to you. Your journey is a matter of natural history. It's a matter of faith, imagination, trust. These components make up the unique DNA of your grief and yours alone. I'm going to speak to continuing bonds in this podcast as a way to serve those of us that seek attachment to our beloved beyond the grave. But mommy, if you feel detachment is your safety net in this moment, rest assured you are in a safe place. I would only encourage your heart to observe whether or not you feel you are forced into detachment as per society norms, or if your soul is seeking a reprieve and it is your choice. Here's the truth. 
The view of grief most accepted in this culture holds that successful grief is linear and the mourner must disengage from the beloved. And if you are still holding on three years, nine years, 30 years later, you have unresolved grief. So here is the thing, and hear me when I say, this view of grief has only been a part of the Western civilization for the last century. Our good buddy Freud defined mourning as a sad process, duh, and that the memories expect to be met with the reality that the object no longer exists. Okay, someone should have thrown that shit at, at, out at the word object. And here's a quote from Freud. When the work of mourning is completed, the ego from the attachment is deceased. Okay, here's a little snippet. Freud believed this until he didn't. Freud experienced the loss of his daughter, Sophie. Following the death of Sophie, her son, Freud's grandson, died at the age of four. It was then that he writes, and I quote, although we know that after such loss, the acute state of mourning will subside, we also know we shall remain inconsolable and will never find a substitute. No matter what may fill the gap, even if it be filled completely, it nevertheless remains something else. And actually, this is how it should be. It is the only way of perpetuating that love, which we do not want to relinquish. So the unfortunate part of this is that at the beginning of Ford's career, before he experienced mourning, grief, and loss, the views of his psychoanalysis of grief, this is what the psychiatrist, the counselors, the therapist, and if you've ever been in even a psychology 101 class, Freud is a part of those teachings. And that is what is embedded as a grief, um, uh, embedded in our grief culture. Um, and it has turned into basically a death denying culture. And here's where I want to kind of settle in. And I want to, as, as, because as, as I reflect on my own mourning journey, Here's the truth. I can see I can see times of a deep desire for attachment. A yearning for a relationship between myself and my daughter who is absent from the external world. A soul-seeking need to continue a relationship with my beloved, keeping her a part of our family. Getting pissed at others that didn't want to contribute to that. Um, Here's the thing. The question is, how do you achieve this relationship with a dead child? Mama, I can't answer that for you. 
And this is where I have to insert the blank and let you fill in the box. I can tell you a few things that I've done. I went from zero to now three tattoos and each of them a symbol of my journey and or relationship with Kelsey. I plant daisies often. I painted our guest bedroom a deep purple to symbolize the empty room that should have been. I write about her. I dream about her. And I love deep because of her. But there's there's another side. Kelsey died tragically, and the events that surround her death leave a deep wound. And seasons have come and gone. Sometimes they're fleeting. Sometimes they're lingering. In which I felt it was necessary to detach. I would turn my eyes away from the pictures on the wall of her beautiful brown eyes and chubby cheeks. Just too painful to absorb that image in that moment. I cluttered the empty room, painted a deep purple with tons of crap, just so that I did not feel the need to enter that room. And mama, I poured vodka in my coffee cup. And here's the thing. And here's, I think, what, what, why there is a difference in detachment and attachment and why I feel that the the theory of continuing bonds is so relevant and so real. When I reflect on the seasons of detachment, they feel dark and desolate. I isolated myself. I went into deep depression. But the moments of building integrating and representing Kelsey into a remembrance of her, those moments feel soft and safe. Each of these seasons define my own path of mourning. They allow my heart to expand and contract as grief's waves take the form of either a tsunami drowning my soul and forcing my heart to contract to hold my breath as the waves beat my soul or they flow in gently allowing my mind to feel the gap of her unrequited love shifting and adjusting our relationship beyond the grave allowing my heart the expansion it needs to grieve the world will tell us If we detach, we must not be grieving. If we attach, then we must have unresolved grief. But I think we have to come to a conclusion within our our own heart that each of these seasons is important for our journey. In seasons of attachment... We build on that relationship. We fill that void with with the love that we need to be able to expand our heart for grief. In the moments of, of detachment, we just need a reprieve. 
this is heavy shit. And damn it, we need a reprieve. And we need to be able to set it aside. We need to be able to put the picture down and understand that that is a part of our journey. And we do not have to feel guilty for it. And the world shouldn't make us feel guilty for it. And the world shouldn't force us to to either attach or detach. The world should accept us and understand that the unrequited love that we experience on this side of earth is a deep, immeasurable pain that deserves a space for us to map out our own journey and for us to create our own unique diary of grief's love story. Thank you for listening to Good Morning Grief Podcast with Summer Ray. If you have a story you'd like to share or a topic you would like to discuss, please email me at goodmorninggriefpodpod at gmail.com. You can also follow me on Instagram at goodmorninggriefpod. Tune in next week for a brand new episode. May you rest easy in your grief, find beauty in the pain, and may the world be gentle to your wounded soul.